Hey, it's Laszlo from Los Santos, San Andreas. You're listening to the loneliest man in show business. It's Game Stuff with Coke Logic. Hello, my name is Facebook.com slash Club Soda Kenny. And you're listening to Game Stuff. It's none other than the great Coke Logic. Ahoy, ahoy. Welcome to Game Stuff. E3 2019 Spectacular. I'm your host, Coke Logic. It wasn't the best of times, it wasn't the worst of times. Honestly, as much as you might hear some bored and tired journalists lament how this wasn't a great E3, it's been much worse in the past. Nintendo won E3 in my opinion, Xbox did a great job refocusing on games, and Sony made the mistake of not showing up at all. So let's talk about the major plot points of E3 starting with Nintendo. That's right, I'm not going in the order of press conferences, but rather what I deem most important for you to hear. And because I think Nintendo absolutely knocked it out of the park, we start with them. They began their pre-taped Nintendo Direct with Luigi's Mansion 3. Not a surprise announcement and the third installment in the series, but it's the first game of the three on the Nintendo Switch. The game follows the formula of Luigi's Mansion games, exploring a giant haunted mansion, this time a hotel, and capturing ghosts with a poltergust vacuum. The game looks really polished and interesting like the previous games, but oddly, no release date. Next, we get a massive surprise and an insta-buy from me, which is Dark Crystal Tactics. Final Fantasy Tactics, but Dark Crystal. A tactical RPG with exactly me in mind. No release date, but holy shit. Also holy shit, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening gets a release date of September 20th this year. The game is a remake of the original Game Boy Adventure, but remade to look like a miniature tabletop diorama. Or in fewer words, fucking adorable. Next, they announced something which I assumed was just a bad rumor, which is Witcher 3 coming to the Nintendo Switch. How? That game has so much dialogue and it's a giant open world. Even in Flame Dock, the game is only 720p and they cut corners on textures. It's still crazy to have this large-scale action RPG on a handheld. One of my favorite games, by the way. Then they announced No More Heroes 3. That's okay, it has fans. They also announced a third-person shooter titled Contra Rogue Corpse, to which they followed that up with the shadow drop of Contra Collection, now available for $20 in the eShop, which was a collection I was looking forward to but just didn't know when. And the answer is... right now. To pick things up a bit, the flying mech game Damon Cross Machina has a release date of September 13th. The original Panzer Dragoon is getting a remake due out this winter. Pokemon Sword and Shield is due out November 15th. Astral Chain is getting a release date of August 30th. See, these are all previously discussed games that we haven't had release dates for, so we're just gonna blow through them. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 has a release date of July 13th, which to me looks like the preferred Marvel game to be excited about. Just that the included cast and voice actors seem far superior to that Avengers game. Continuing the win streak, Nintendo Shadow dropped the recently anticipated Cadence of Hyrule, available now for $25 in the Nintendo eShop. It's from the creators that brought you the action rhythm game Crypt of the Necrodancer but they were approached by Nintendo and asked if they would do a Zelda game, and it looks like it turned out really well. Very odd concept, I recommend you watching a video to check it out. Next they announced Banjo-Kazooie is a playable character in Smash Brothers. I understand that's what the kids wanted, and when I say kids, I mean adults who remember Banjo-Kazooie. And finally, Nintendo made all your friends text each other by announcing they were working on the follow-up to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yes, they used the word sequel. It's the same Link in Zelda, and it's taking place in the same Hyrule which is exactly what 100% of the people suggested that the next Zelda game do. We love this art style, we love this version of Hyrule. Don't spend another five years developing a whole new game. 
just give us more story with this game engine. And that's exactly what they're doing. No idea if they're bringing back dungeons, but that would be a very smart move. And no concept of a release window. Just, it's in development. Yet somehow, that's enough. <laughs> this year, Xbox really focused on games. One right after the other, even more so than past years. Which is exactly what they needed. Opening the show with the game from their newly acquired studio, Obsidian, most famous for Fallout New Vegas, they showed off The Outer Worlds, which looks to out-Fallout Fallout. It's a violent choose-your-own-adventure world with guns and dialogue trees. I will be there day one. Next was a game from another newly acquired Microsoft Studio developer, you'll see a pattern emerge here, by Ninja Theory. Their most recent title was the critically acclaimed Hellblade, Senua's Story, but this seems to be a much different type of game. What they showed was Bleeding Edge. It's a 4 vs 4 fighter with the art style like Overwatch. At first glance, it almost looks like Platinum Games' Anarchy Reigns, or another type of third-person brawler. It was unique enough that it grabbed my attention and I look forward to trying the alpha on June 27th. Next was Ori and the Will of the Wisps, the sequel to the popular Metroidvania game, Ori and the Blind Forest. And if the original looked good, the next game looks beautiful. The sheer depth that they added to the parallax layers of foreground, mid, and back make this game look so nice to look at. And if the core gameplay is just as good as the original, it's gonna be a good one. And Ori and the Will of the Wisps has a release date of February 11th, 2020. Next, Microsoft showed off what is an absolute no-brainer and a game that your kids are gonna love, which is Minecraft Dungeons. It's Minecraft art style, but a dungeon crawler type game. It's so good. I actually can't believe it took this long to think of. And you can enjoy that in the spring of 2020. Then they showed off gameplay footage of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Remember when I was complaining EA announced a game and didn't show any gameplay? Well, finally they did. And it looks pretty good. Perhaps it's not the smoothest animation I've ever seen. And there wasn't a Star Killer bringing down a Star Destroyer type moment like Star Wars Force Unleashed. But the more I see of this game, the more promise it holds. It's set between Episode 3 and Rogue One, as we can see because Saw Gerrera's in the game. Which is awesome, because I thought he was a really interesting character, even if just for the fact that I loved his armor. Order 66 has occurred to kill all the Jedi, and now you're being hunted. It's a Star Wars game, there's a dodge move, which is enough for decent swordplay, so I'm totally into it. Then they showed Cyberpunk 2077, which was all CG and not even trying to emulate gameplay, but that's okay, because we already knew this game's gonna be great, based on what we've seen before, and how well the developer has supported Witcher 3. But to sweeten the deal, everyone's favorite, Keanu Reeves, came out to announce that he's in the game. It's something everyone knew but didn't realize until recently, but he's reached Tom Hanks or Bill Murray's status. Keanu Reeves is like this good dude with a pretty stellar filmology, and all at once you're like, fuck yeah, Keanu Reeves. And he also let us know that the release date for Cyberpunk 2077 is April 16th, 2020. Then they showed Battletoads. This game doesn't look very good. It's still a side-scrolling beat-em-up, but the design looks very flat. I'm not digging the art style. But for almost 10 years, people are like, you bought Rare, the studio that made Battletoads, why not use their properties? So it's nice to see, but I have no desire to play it. I'm just happy it exists in some form. One of our favorite developers, Double Fine, has been acquired by Microsoft Studios. Which is good news for them, as they seem like a developer that might hang it up if they don't find backing for their next project. And they showed off Psychonauts too which looks like Psychonauts, which is what I wanted, so that pleases me. I just hope the game has better controls than the first game. The third-person action platformer, but that needs to be tight in this day and age. Less jank, please. And in the interest of time, 
Age of Empires 2 is getting an HD remaster. Lego Star Wars is getting the Skywalker Saga Edition, which contains all nine movies. Currently, there's only Lego games for the first seven movies. Even Lego was smart enough to avoid Last Jedi. Gears of War 5 showed a CG trailer, but gave a release date of September 10th, which for a game so near, why not show some gameplay? You'll never bother me with showing actual gameplay to sell a game. I promise. And Dying Light 2 had a very short trailer, but gave a release window of Spring 2020. Forza 2 is getting a LEGO-themed expansion pack, which looks cool as shit. And when I say LEGO-themed, the mind thinks, well, are they LEGO cars in a real-world environment, or are they real cars in a LEGO environment? The answer is both. And the DLC is out right now. Next, they finally revealed gameplay for the Gears of War Funko Pop game, and it sucks! It's a really shitty phone game. After all the CG footage they showed off, this seems like such a cool concept of having Funko Pop style come to life, but with blood and violence of Gears of War universe. But no, this is some tower defense game. The camera pulled way back. Absolutely disappointing. It might be fun, but it's a complete missed opportunity. Next, they announced Fantasy Star Online 2, which is coming to Xbox One. Which, if this doesn't sound like a big deal, Fantasy Star Online has been this great series in Japan released a lot of games, but we haven't gotten the latest iterations since the Dreamcast. It's like how Monster Hunter hasn't come to America in years, and suddenly Monster Hunter World is Capcom's best-selling game of all time. That's probably what inspired this logical move. Next, they showed more Borderlands 3. You know that one. It's coming out September 13th. Looks great. And a few days later, Destiny 2 will get their next expansion titled Shadowkeep, which drops on September 17th. Two games with the identical audience. It's gonna be a very busy September. And while Borderlands 3 is an entirely new game to experience, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep is making some very big changes to the game that will definitely increase the player base. For starters, Destiny 2 Year 1 will be free to play, under the title of New Light Edition. And going forward, you can buy the expansions as you like. And the second major bullet point would be Cross Save is coming to Destiny 2. If you've been playing on console for years, but the game would look so much better on PC, you can now flag an account to be your main account and play on either Xbox, PlayStation 4, or PC with all of your friends from different consoles. The only snag is if you want to play the new expansion, you'll need to own that expansion on that platform. So yes, you will need to pay twice for the expansion, but it's a small price to pay for this heavily demanded feature. People have been asking for years. And I bet with enough complaining, even buying multiple copies will change in the future. I've never known the internet to be satisfied before. Then the game we've all been waiting to be revealed, Elden Ring. That would be the From Software, makers of Dark Souls, and the George R. R. Martin, maker of Game of Thrones, collaboration. And the text in this CG trailer didn't say Martin consulted or gave notes to the developer. It fucking read, a new world created by From Software and George R. R. Martin. This is the real deal. The characters look Dark Souls-ish. It's happening, and I can't wait for more information. Next, Microsoft talked about the successor to the Xbox One. Not a reveal, they just talked about it. Codename Project Scarlet, which we already knew. They think it'll be about four times as powerful as the Xbox One X. AMD is making their processor, and they irresponsibly threw out that it's capable of 120 frames per second and 8K resolution, which to the idiot children on the schoolyard running to their friends meant 8K games at 120 frames per second, which is not a reality. If their game is 1080p to 4K, depending on the game, like a car game that's not very demanding of streaming and information, it could totally hit 120 frames per second. Or in the future, when the TV business tries to push 8K TVs, like they push 3D TVs, Xbox will be ready. But 4K is not only good enough, it's what they should have sold us on. 
Just say 4K60 and you're like, holy shit, that's a great console. I don't know why video games always try to sell you the goddamn dream when the reality looks so nice. And finally, they showed a CG trailer for Halo Infinite. This is the one with Master Chief in it. And that's about all they showed, which is an unfortunate trend of E3. The amount of CG trailers. Although they did say that Halo Infinite will be a launch title for Project Scarlet when the next-gen console releases, Holiday 2020. What? <laughs> next we have Sony. Oh wait, they didn't show up. Real nice, idiots. Now every game at the Xbox press conference will be associated with Xbox. Do not underestimate the power of the people who just read headlines. They done saw the new Star Wars game is on Xbox. Sony just cost themselves a sale. <laughs> Next we have Square Enix, which is about to raise the bar for what it means to remake a video game with Final Fantasy VII Remake. This game looks perfect. The long development time had me worried because it's like, you already have a 10 out of 10 game to work with. What's to develop? Just go make this look really nice. Yet somehow the team knocked it out of the park by giving us something very modern and new, but also achieving the original vision of what we all had in our mind while playing Final Fantasy VII as teenagers. Don't do the math. They have nailed the look of these characters. It's that Advent Children CG movie that has become a reality with this remake. It's legit that good. And the game is now an action game in the way Final Fantasy XV or Kingdom Hearts 3 was. But also you can freeze time like a Fallout game to issue commands and spells. It's the most impressive thing, and episode one, yes, they're breaking the game up into episodes, is arriving March 3rd, 2020. It's gonna be a long wait. Picking up the pace a little, next they showed off Life is Strange 2. They announced Last Remnant remaster for the Switch. Dragon Quest Builders 2 gets a release date of July 2nd. Dragon Quest 11 gets a release date for Switch in the fall, oddly vague. And like we've seen before, Dying Light 2 has a CG trailer and a release window of spring 2020. And finally, they showed what I originally thought was a long CG trailer for Avengers. But after seeing some really poorly shot leaked footage, I now realize that was the game. It just looks really, really nice. Originally speculated to be a game as a service game, much like Destiny, but with Marvel heroes, this simply cannot be the case. I don't believe it. And I don't know how they're saying this is gonna be an open world. The footage they showed was the core Avengers, Iron Man, Cap, Hulk, etc. But the camera kept cutting away. This is why I was originally confused and thought it wasn't gameplay. It seems like you have control to run forward and punch some bad guys, but then you lose control to watch a cutscene. But it's all extremely seamless, like Azura's Wrath or Until Dawn. The impression I got was they want you to control an Avengers movie, more than just play a basic game. Which could work. I'm not dismissing it. The game looks razor sharp and super detailed, almost enough to wonder if this is the next-gen version of the game. Honestly, I just kind of wanted a Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 with Avengers in it. I don't know if I would prefer a heavy story narrative thing. But we have time to think about it, as the Avengers isn't due out until May 15th, 2020, which also completely misses the first 10 years of the cinematic universe with these particular characters. <laughs> Next, we have Ubisoft, which, against all my goodwill tweets to the video game industry, opened with an orchestra. There's something people hear in an orchestra that I just do not. Yeah, I like music from games, Final Fantasy and whatnot. Doesn't mean I want the fucking score from Ghost Recon eating up valuable press conference time. Or as they probably see it, padding. So after 15 minutes of that horse shit, they showed Watch Dogs Legion, which is the third Watch Dogs games in the series, but this time without a main protagonist. Instead, you can play as any NPC in the game. You walk up to people on the street and try to recruit them into the Mr. Robot-like resistance DedSec and play as those characters which to me only sounds fun on paper. 
Game makers normally go out of their way to develop a character with real depth. And Watchdog Legions is just like, fuck it, random people. Sure, you can grow attached to them, but as of now, I'm just not very excited. I didn't like Watch Dogs 2 because of the entirely too stupid AI, and I just have to see more before I look forward to Legion. Next, they showed off Ghost Recon Breakpoint, mostly a CG trailer. Then they showed For Honor DLC, just a CG trailer. Then a new PvE game titled Rainbow Six Quarantine. It was a CG trailer, and ended the show with Gods and Monsters, a new action-adventure Legend of Zelda-type game set in Greek mythology with the team behind Assassin's Creed Odyssey which they showed off in the form of a CG trailer. Ubisoft had a pretty laid-back conference, and not much to get excited about. <laughs> and finally, we have Bethesda, which I really don't even feel like covering, so I'm just gonna make this real short. The company is being carried by id Software and Arcane Studio, which they bought a few years ago. And while those studios pump out great-looking games like Doom Eternal and Deathloop, two outstanding games, which I will talk about more in the future, because they look awesome. But Bethesda proper is still fixing Fallout 76, adding human NPCs, dialogue trees, and new stories, stuff that should have been in the game that they sold people, if they didn't rush it to market with the hopes that they could just patch the problems later. And of course, Fallout is getting a battle royale mode called Nuclear Winter, which in all honesty looks like the cooler part of this whole project. Maybe it'll be exactly like Fortnite and people will forget that there's a PvE component to this whole game and just play battle royale. But the bottom line was, no new information on Starfield or Elder Scrolls 6. So basically, Doom Eternal comes out November 22nd. I'm looking forward to it. Pre-order now. Looks fucking awesome. The rest of Bethesda? Who cares? Congratulations! You reached the end of this E3 2019 spectacular. You have earned fireworks! Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next year. This is Coke Logic signing off for GameStop.